All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 133. I am Bagged Milk, back here with Tyler Remchuk, Rick, and Nation Dan. We are going to talk about all things Edmonton Oilers. We're going to get to the trade deadline. We're going to get to where Kulikov fits on the roster. We're going to get to some hypothetical scenarios, and we're going to talk about tomorrow's game against the Jets. But first, we must thank our friends at Sherwood Ford for helping make this all possible. Check them out on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant, <laughs> it is time for a new vehicle. Who's getting hyped? What's going on? He, he pressed a quiet button. air horn. I'm I'm wiping my, my <laughs> buttons were dusty, so I'm wiping them off and I hit the air horn. You got excited for Sherwood Ford. No, I also get in the neighbors or something. I also get excited about Sherwood Ford. They've got plenty of wonderful vehicles and servicing options, and it makes me very excited. Still waiting for my Bronco. It's like Must one of the few gotten email yet. It's one of the few dealerships in my life where I've walked in and I don't feel awkward and weird. I, I always, when I, do you, you know, that you, you guys know yeah, yeah. the feeling like you're everybody's on, smiling you're on here. alert. Yeah. yeah. It's like, am I going to get attacked here? Is this, you know, am I going to get ignored? What's going to happen when you walk into Sherwood Ford, you feel like you're one of them. You're a friend. Last time I was there, I got to play with Gus and that just made me happy all the time. So. Shout out I to keep Sherwood seeing Ford. the Broncos around driving. I'm seeing like more and more as the days go on and they're sick. And there's four gentlemen here on this podcast that would look mighty fine in one of those Broncos, Sherwood Ford. Different colors. We all get different colors. We'll do a convoy. It'll be nice. It'll look really, really sharp. Again, follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. Mr. Uremchuk, what is yeah. this week's Sherwood Ford Giant question? 
You know, the Oilers have had some time off here. Some guys have been out of the lineup. Some players over the last while have been slumping. So I'm going to ask you this. Which player on the Oilers roster that maybe you think is currently underperforming, who is the most important player to get going before the playoffs? I'm going to start this one off. Some selfish. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I love you, buddy. He's not playing tomorrow against Winnipeg. Still bagged up. Still uh, a little bit concussed after getting his bell rung. But... If we're if we're if we're talking about a player who can make a real impact for the Edmonton Oilers down the stretch and into the playoffs, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if he heats up and starts scoring at the clip that he was last year, shooting with the same confidence he was at last year, maybe a contract extension calms him down a little bit, something like that. I don't know. I just I would find it hard to believe that having your third best forward get back on track would be a terrible, terrible idea. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets my vote. Dan, what are you thinking? It's yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking right where I'm looking. I'm just going to slot out one position down in the depth chart. And for me, it's Kyle Turris is the dream, but, but the general message is those bottom, those bottom six centermen. So Jujar Kara, Kyle Turris, Gaetan Haas. Uh, we need those three guys to definitely pull up their socks and just put to forth some consistent effort going forward into the playoffs here, because like we saw it when Nugent Hopkins went down, the, the depth chart gets pretty thin in that middle position. And I think a lot of us were even hoping, you know, even if it was just a Luke Glendening, um, having a little bit more help down there would have helped. But so, so for me, it's the, the three C's below our uh, big three C's. So that's my Sherwood Ford giant question answer. Rick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I think those guys in the bottom six are they put, played pretty well, so I'm not going to touch them. I do think it's going to be some secondary scoring we need. I was going to say Nuge, but back like you jumped on that, so there is at least one more guy on that exact line that can do more. I think, and we'll give it to uh, Young Yamamoto uh, when he gets up and up and running. He can really energize his line, uh, make it a little bit easier to score for maybe somebody like Nuge or whoever else is the uh, third man on that line. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I think really we really need that uh, that middle six to step up and find some offensive consistency. So we'll give it to Yam today. I think with Yamamoto too, it's kind of like one of those things where we're getting a look at a young player doesn't develop in a straight line. You know, well, no, that, and that's it's not like he's but, playing I mean, poorly. It's just that a little no, bit of confidence did, will help. You know, yeah, exactly. He did score in his last game, but then we got a week off, right? So that kind of yeah. sucks. But you know, when it comes to Nuge too, maybe the fact the trade deadline's gone that takes a little off of his mind. Maybe maybe he's like, okay, I don't have to worry about this contract till the end of the year. Now let's just you know buckle down. And let's go to the playoffs here. Tyler, who needs to improve? Our How friend about this? Ford want to know. One question, and now we're going to get four different answers. I'm going with Zach Cassian, and I think that's the best answer to this one. Like the Oilers, McDavid and Drys out of the top six, I firmly believe will continue to produce and get their points come playoff time. What's going to be the difference maker for the Oilers is finding guys in the bottom six who can generate offense, and no one has game changing potential quite like Zach Cassian. If he gets going, Playoff style 2017 Cassian where he's running guys over and he's sparking his teammates and he's chipping in with a little bit of offense. That will be absolutely massive for this team. I did see a picture the other day. There's a team skate and uh, he was in the background. I don't know if you can find the picture, but I zoomed in and he had the 2017 playoff chops on. 
So I don't know if that's something like you, we, we look at for tomorrow night's game, but he's rocking the, he had, there is a definite set of chops there. They had a nice little thickness to him. They stood out compared to the rest of the face. So I think he's getting ready to roll. I, I agree with Tyler, to be honest, Zach Cassian has been invisible uh, when he's played this year. He's got two goals. If I'm remembering correctly, just not good enough. And when he's not scoring, he's not hitting. I mean, he can make a huge difference for this team. Huge difference, especially when, you know, it gets into the playoffs and games getting a little bit harder to play. Maybe play against the Jets in the playoffs in round one. You need a guy like Cassian to step up. Uh, just around the horn really quickly, anybody else kind of come to mind after we've gone through it? I would say it'd be nice to get uh, – it'd be nice to get Caleb Jones. Like I was thinking about Gregor's article with Caleb Jones and how he admitted he was playing with no confidence and how that affected his game. And he felt like the game was going a million miles an hour around him. So he's starting to play better now that he's starting to get some reps. He looks more confident with the puck. He's moving it a little bit better. He's skating well. I would say he's another guy that if, if, if he starts playing better, then that could also make a big difference. And not only that, he's going to have to play better or he's just going to go out of the lineup with Kulikov shows up. He's got like a week. He's got, a, he's got about a week to outplay Russell. I mean, he, they've already shown before that they're willing to sit Russell if he's not yeah. the, in the top three defensemen. So I'm not too worried about that. But he's got about a week left in order to do this. Because yep. once Kulikov gets there, I think Kulikov goes two. And it's going to be really hard to, to beat Russell out of three at that point. Well, and to that point as well, Slater Cuckoo's team skating with the team now. And, you know, yeah. Cuckoo, when he started this season, looked like, you know, he was going to be the answer. It, it definitely fell off uh, right before the injury. But, but if he comes back like he did at the start of the season, we're going to have a really good problem on that back end as to who we play each and every night. I'm uh, telling you. I'm telling you right now, the answer for the Oilers is to play nine defensemen and nine forwards every game. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see it coming. Uh, get, let's get to the trade line, deadline. We've all brought up Kulikov. The only addition that the Oilers did this past week was pick up Dmitry Kulikov for a conditional fourth. Gentlemen, you're first. I got two questions for you. One, thoughts on the deadline as a whole. Two, specifically the Kulikov pickup. Rick, I'll start with you. Uh, The deadline as a whole, we went into it expecting very little, kind of a move like that. Um, However, I think you still wanted something more happening. So I still was a little bit disappointed at at the end of the day that I wasn't uh, happily surprised, I suppose. Especially after they went for the Kulikov trade, I thought at that point, maybe they will take a stab at that left winger because once you do have that second lefty, position sort of kind of wrapped up and now gives you a more uh it makes it a little bit easier to go for that that left winger so the fact he didn't afterwards was kind of a kind of a of a, a, a little bit of a shock um but at the end of the day you look back at it he didn't really have a lot going in so i didn't have a lot of expectations i just kind of wanted to be surprised yep i, I did too i was really hoping miranda kerr was going to be sliding into my dms this week but Unfortunately, it did not happen. Dan, your thoughts on Kulikov and the deadline as a whole? I love I love defensive depth. I've been kind of 
preaching that. This, since, isn't, this uh, isn't really depth though, because this guy's going to play number two. No, but he but he slides everybody down now, and now your replacement level players are NHL ready guys, and it's and even the replacement level players below the per, replacement players are NHL ready. So I love that kind of that kind of depth is is necessary. I think we were talking on uh, State of the Nation, Tyler, and you brought up you know that Sakara injury in 2017 sewered this team, and and we don't have that issue this year. We lose you know knock on wood, you don't lose them, but you lose two defensemen in this playoff run, and we're not. We're not in any kind of dire straits. So I think in that series, we had Griffin Reinhardt in as our next man up. So it's a lot better now. So that's exciting for me. And then, and then as a deadline as a whole, it was, it was pretty much, it was a pretty boring deadline day, but I think we kind of expected that. Um, the one, the one big shock was the Anthony Mantha deal. And that, that one still has me scratching my head a little bit. When you look at the pieces that went back and forth, obviously the capitals really value Mantha and, and really think that there's a piece there to, to move forward with. But uh, yeah, there was some, there was some deals where I was kind of like, you know, those are, those are good deals. I think the Boston deal for Taylor Hall was a really good deal. Obviously it sounds like he wanted to go there. And so that was made that way. Um, but like the price that Florida paid for Sam Bennett was surprising to me. Um, oh, yeah. So it, there's, there was, there was some fun and interesting conversation pieces. Uh, it was a good, I think it was a good trade deadline overall. Um, and, and I think this Oilers team is going to be just fine going forward. Uh, I, I'm kind of with, well, I mean, I'm with everybody. I, I like the Kulikov pickup because I think it's going to push everybody down. Like Dan said, and you can't have enough defensemen. I would have loved a scoring second left winger, but it wasn't going to happen. Even Ken Holland in his presser after, as I was doing the live tweets, he's like, listen, we, we spent a lot of futures last year and we all know what happened. The pandemic came, everything got derailed. Athens is in Los Angeles right now, whereas if under normal circumstances, he would probably still be here. So I got what he was saying when he said, listen, you can't do this every year. Kind of got to pick your spots. I completely got it. Even though some of his fans were pretty upset, I kind of understood it. Tyler, wrap us up on the trade deadline and Kulikov. Uh, yeah. So Kulikov specifically, I think giving up a fourth for him is fine. Like he's been playing heavy top four minutes this year on a not so good team. So I think expecting him to come here and take some minutes away from Darnell nurse, do a little bit of heavy lifting to give up a fourth for that. I'm okay with it. Like, I don't love the idea of a third potentially being involved, but that only happens if you win a round and you probably don't complain about that because you won a round. So I like the deal for Kulikov. I'm really, really surprised. Not really, really surprised. I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't see like right at the deadline, a sixth round pick for Derek Ryan or next year's fifth for Luke Glendening or something like that, where, you know, like why would the Flames and especially the Red Wings, why would you hold on to these guys? Why would you not just... With 15 minutes to go, you know Holland wants Glenn Denning. Why would you not pick up the phone, call him, and say, sixth round pick for Glenn Denning. Do it so I get something. And bang, cut your losses. Because they've already told Glenn Denning he's not going to be back. I think he was kind of banking on being traded. Like, I'm surprised we didn't see a move for a depth forward. But other than that, I like the Glenn Denning pickup. A slight stick tap to, ten- to Ken Holland. But I wrote about this in an article this week at The Nation. This year, I understood the patient approach and I understand why you want to do that this year and why you were sort of forced to do that. Going forward, there's no more excuses for Ken Holland. Like you need to start making some hay and this team's cup window, if it isn't starting right now, it starts July 1 for me and Ken Holland has to get aggressive this summer. 
he's also got to look in that dressing room until then look at some players and go, you guys need to start playing better. Yeah. That is, uh, that's going to be our addition to this, to this offense this year. And Nuge needs to get better. Cass needs to get better. Yam needs to get better. We need to get more points on the board right now. And, well, and that's think- kind of what we started the podcast talking about, right? Is like, which guys yeah. can sort of be their deadline acquisition in a weird way. And if well, all think- those guys can step up their game, then that's a hell of an addition. I think you said it too, Tyler, like, like I think that a lot of when we look around the league, there wasn't a lot of the ticky tacky little, you know, little minor deals being yeah. being made all over the place. Right. And and you're right. There's a lot of GMs that are left with pending free agents now and they got no assets for them. So I, I feel like Holland wasn't alone in his unwillingness to to overspend this time. And I think that last year's playoff run also played a play a factor in in ken's moves you know because he he made all the big moves we were all you know we all sat here this time last year and we're excited about you know the the transactions that he made i guess it wasn't this time last year but you know what i mean we were excited about the trade deadline last year and so so it's so you know we look at it and we say you know yeah i would have loved to have seen some bigger moves but they just weren't there and so this like tyler said this offseason it starts again and and there's no more there's no more sitting back this team has to figure this out and i think that this team can make a playoff run of it yeah. right now and once you get into the playoffs we say this every year like at the beginning of the season it's always you know if you get in anything can happen no one had the dallas stars going deep last year but you get a red hot goalie some depth guys that like joel curavanta who scored like a big hat trick for them right like you mm-hmm. find the a way Islanders. to just sort of yeah Sometimes crazy shit happens in the postseason, man. And if this Oilers team gets hot, they can win. 2006, we've all witnessed it. We've all known what happened. You yep. know, that was, a, that was you know, we were the, with a, with the eighth ranked, ranked team in our, in our uh, conference that year. And we, you know, we beat don't a, know how that ended. Beat so. a president trophy team. Yeah. So we yeah, just it's... need to get in. That's all. Just get in, and that's all that matters. That's why but I'm so you, tired of the whole, this isn't their winner, they're not ready to win yet, or blah, 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 blah. You've got two of the best players in the world on your team. You've got every year is a, a fucking year to win. Just get in. Just get in, and you never, like, Connor and Leon are hot right now, but what if they go playoff hot? They're not even hot yet, run? man. They're yeah. not even hot yet. Well, and they're teeing off on they're teeing off on the teams that they should be teeing off on, and they've had some struggles with the teams that they that they you know that they'll need to turn it on against the playoffs. And I think that that's perfect. That's fine. You 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 save it for when you need it against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets. Well, we hope so. Anyway, just like I hope you are getting something to eat from Skip the Dishes this weekend. I personally could use a little sustenance today. I had myself a big night last night, an accidental Thursday, and I'm not feeling so fresh. So you know what I need? Some Arby's. Do I want to go get it? No. Skip the Dishes will bring it to me, and that's why I love them. Skipthedishes.ca, get yourself something to eat. All right, moving on from the trade deadline, we were supposed to be talking about a game today. Unfortunately, that was postponed as a result of COVID. So that game against the Canucks has been shuffled. And I'm going to try and bear with me here, guys. Pierre Lebrun just tweeted out some North Division schedule changes, and the Oilers are in here a bunch. So I'm just going to try and get through it. So tonight's game, April 16th, has been moved to May 3rd. Okay, so April 16th, now May 3rd. Now, Edmonton at Vancouver for May 6th is moved forward to May 4th. So now they're playing back-to-back on the 3rd and 4th against Vancouver. Okay? (laughs) The game from May 4th has now been scheduled to May 6th. So I don't know why they moved 
that one. Oh, I see. So two in Vancouver, and then they just swapped an Edmonton at Vancouver. Okay, so three games in a row against Vancouver looked like coming up. Uh, two in Van and one here in Edmonton. Uh, what else have we got here? Vancouver at Edmonton scheduled for May 13th has been moved to May 15th. Uh, tomorrow's game in Winnipeg, which we will talk about right now. So that's April 17th has been moved from an eight o'clock start to a seven o'clock start or no, hang on. Nope. I'm fucking this up. Edmonton at Winnipeg scheduled for 8 PM mountain on Saturday, April 17th is now scheduled to 5 PM mountain. So we've gone from the late game to the early game tomorrow. And that is. That's because the Leafs were playing the Canucks, I think. And that's going to affect a bunch of my GDB that I've already written. So (laughs) gotta love COVID changes, you know? Yeah. You gotta love COVID changes, but all right, let's start with tonight's game. No surprise to me that they postponed it. To be honest, Uh, JT Miller came out in the media said his piece, said it was it was very honest and unhappy about just the lack of time that the Canucks have from getting off the COVID list to actually playing game. I was not at all surprised that tonight's game was postponed. Anybody disagree? Nah. No. No. Like, it's the right call. What about moving tomorrow from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock? Also well, the right call. Also the yeah. right call. All right. That, let's talk about it. Tyler, hit us. So – the game's been moved from 8 p.m. to 5 p.m. And I look at that and I say, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm going to start drinking my beers a little bit earlier. I'm going to, you know, I'm an old, I'm old. So I have my dinner early as well. I'll have some takeout food, support local, some takeout ready. My beer's ready. I'll crush out this game from five till seven 30. I'll have the rest of my night to a wrap up any sort of work I need to do because that does happen once in a while. And also just chill, relax, have a few more drinks, go to bed early. I love it. I love when you can get the drinking early, you get a good meal, you sit down, the sun is shining outside. You're watching an Oilers game. Everything's good. Five o'clock starts where you just, the game's done nice and early and your whole night is still ahead of you. I love it. I love five o'clock starts. So the question now, boys, I'm with Tyler. I love me a five o'clock start. So now that I see that an eight o'clock start has been moved to five o'clock, I'm very excited. Music very happy. I love it. There is nothing better for me personally than settling in, getting everything done, wrap-ups posted, beat cast done, enjoyed a victory beer and it's still only eight o'clock i've got a whole bunch of time to do whatever i want whatever i want gentlemen rick dan five o'clock or eight o'clock well i know rick (laughs) i know rick you're a you're a fellow late night guy like me yeah, and, man, I'm not eating fucking yeah. cream corn at fucking 4.30 or <laughs> with the rest of the retirement all waiting for a fucking 5 o'clock hockey game. 5 o'clock is the afternoon. 6 o'clock is late afternoon. 7 o'clock is like early evening. Come on. I'm, oh, I'm, I've fought my entire life to like avoid this 9 to 5 Monday lifestyle. I've fought it where, you know, it's like 10.30 and they're yawning and going to bed. And that's just kind of like the ritual. I have fought that my entire life. I hate that it terrifies me uh, and that, is, that might be my biggest fear out there give us some eight o'clock games allow the adults <laughs> to watch at adult times yes. oh i'm telling you man it's terrifying tyler, Let the and, adults... I te- tyler and i are going to text the group text when we're going to bed at like 10 30 you take an eight o'clock game it rolls to about 10 30 and whammo now the night gets going 
you're out. Now you're having some <laughs> drinks. The lights are going down. The music's coming on. The people are coming out. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy being in our uh, 20s and 30s. So and- for for me, I divert a little bit from Rick at that point. But <laughs> but uh, but I am with Rick. I love I love a nighttime game where you just cap off your evening. You head to the bed. You, you finish the third period in bed and then you can put it to sleep. Now for me, selfishly with work, I always like to be able to, I always, I have to stay up until the end of the, the last hockey game. Cause if there's a hockey fight in the last minute of a game, I like to be able to make sure it's up on hockeyfights.com. So I'm also selfish there, but uh, yeah, the early after the early evening games, like especially when, the team lays out a stinker, which thankfully hasn't happened very much this season, but there's been a couple nights like that game against Montreal and it ruins your rest, the rest of your night. It's, it's so brutal. You're just, you're just down in the dumps. But the flip side of that is you watch a late 8 PM win. And as Rick said, I'm on that road again, yeah. and it's yeah. it's oh, it goes until three in the morning. You're good to go. And you tee hey. off. No, you tea no, off, no, you, no Tyler. You, there's no contradiction you, there. You tee off at one o'clock. You're done around. You're done around five five thirty. You get your way back to the house. Bang bang. Get the burgers on the barbecue if that's what you <laughs> want to do. Some steaks on the barbecue, and you're ready to go for the eight o'clock hockey game again. Count, counterpoint to what you said, Dan. You spend all night waiting anxiously for puck drop. You're so excited. All of this energy builds up, and then no. they play like shit, and you are in an infinitely worse mood. At least with the early start, if they win, you got so much time to feel happy. You get to live the rest of your night celebrating. No, see, I and watch- if they lose, there's more time to you know turn into a good night still. I watch a game. I watch the Leafs get pumped by somebody beforehand. I'm not. It's not like I'm sitting there psyching myself up in the locker room, getting excited. I I'm, am. I'm maybe you don't there care watching enough. other hockey games. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, some of us can't sit in that. Uh, can't sit in those that press row these days, right, Tyler? I don't cheer on press row. You know that. No, I'm a professional not. media You're a boy. professional, of course. I love. I fucking love being done work at eight o'clock, yeah. having the rest of my night to do whatever I want. Maybe Dude, I'll come I don't see know that love. At the Dude, Edmonton, Edmonton, the 2017 Edmonton, San Jose, eight o'clock games. Bang. You're on, you're on with Reed at 10 30, 10 45. You're back in the DJ yeah. door, 11 o'clock. The lights are down. The shots are flowing. Let's go. It's party time. <laughs> you can't beat that. If you, well, that is true. That is definitely true. <laughs> if you heard that appearance on Reed Wilkins' show after the Oilers closed out that series against the, the San Jose Sharks, you'll know probably why an early game's better for Mag- for old bag milk, but it doesn't happen that way. You start partying the playoffs, man. You start you start a five o'clock game. You're you're going hard at by six, six thirty. You want to get to midnight, man. That's a that's a tough shift for a lot of uh fair weather partiers you know well, like yeah gonna, that's the other thing too I, i'm too drunk by puck drop but we're not cli- <laughs> we're not climbing uh light poles to at least 130 so you got another uh, hour and a half you gotta you gotta wait till we start climbing light poles on jasper rick what i think happened is that this lack of playoffs has really aged bag milk and tyler and they're just <laughs> you know they they need to get back into the youthful the uh, the spring of youth here and get back into the playoff picture oh, and i'm sorry man the snow's gone it's it's, it's it's bright out there. The sun's out. Get our vaccines in us. Oh, I got so many. I got so much energy these days. I listen. I'm going to, I, I have to say. And you're moving downtown right away, but downtown doesn't <laughs> shut down. It's uh, eight o'clock. This isn't, uh, 
this isn't a, a small town. You know, you only got the co-op open after nine thirty. <laughs> Some things don't get going till ten. I will say this: you guys know me well enough to know that when the playoffs roll around, if we're allowed to do anything, I am going to be <laughs> hanging from the rafters. So don't even worry about my energy or party. <laughs> However. You know, on a, on a night when I can't go anywhere and I got to stay in my house, I'll enjoy a five o'clock start. You know, I'll be, I'll send you guys a nice text for a, a little selfie in bed at 10 p.m. tomorrow night. That'll be great. I'll send you a shot, a couple of shots of tequila with skip the dishes back your way. Wow. All right. That's hypothetical situation <laughs> number one. Tyler, you had another one for us and we're going to draw, we did this one on real life yesterday. But Rick and Dan have no idea what's coming. So hit them with it. All right. It is game seven Oilers and Jets. The game is going into overtime. Right before puck drop and OT, a magic genie pops out in front of you and says, I will give you one of two wishes. (laughs) You can either give the Oilers a five on three power play for one minute right now or a penalty shot with whoever you want taking it. Which one do you choose? Statistics, statistics say you gotta go penalty shot what with Connor McDavid. They? Statistics, it's- straight up statistics. It's a fifty percent shot. You you still only have like a 28% shot on the power play, even in the five on three. Look at the Oilers five on three. By the way, if we're talking just Oilers, the, our five on three numbers are terrible because we never. Connor McDavid them. is twenty five percent in penalty shots in his career, taking it every time. Rick, what do you think? I'm going five on three. This team's yep. too good. This team's got too. This team's too good and has too much offense. You've got, dude. Leon can score with his feet below the goal line. Yep. Yep. That's only. It's you, only a minute. No, though. that's it's that a minute. Is e, that is illegal in a shootout. <laughs> it's a You're minute. Never going to pull of time. that off in a shootout. You I, only need a Connor shot. McDavid in the biggest moment of his life with with the goalie in the biggest moment of their life. You take Connor McDavid every 19, time. Nineteen ninety eight. I've probably been scarred since nineteen ninety eight about penalty shots. Are you talking about oh, the fact that Brett Crawford Burkhead. didn't put... Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about here? He didn't yes. put Wayne Gretzky into the shootout. Well, no I'm, more, I'm more, no, I'm more talking about what, what the goalie can do. Oh, well, yeah. But well, he didn't have to face Here's Wayne the thing. Here's the point for me. Is a penalty shot means one good look for either McDavid or Drysaddle. A five-on-three means potentially two or three. 35%. Way McDavid's more. 20, you said statistically speaking. Let's see what our five on three percentage is right now. I don't know how to pull that number up, so I can't. <laughs> Dan's typing away. It's yeah, he's typing away at something, dude. No, just, the there's, 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 there's too much offense involved on this team. Um, it's yeah, it's you go back to 06, and if you had that choice, you're taking the power play every time. I am. I, I gotta say, I'm with Dan. I take the penalty shot. I don't statistics. Think- I don't think Connor. Dude, I know dude. what the shootout numbers are that Tyler just said, but I don't think Connor versus a goalie in that situation is a 50 50 shot. I think it's. That's fair too. Connor is fucking intimidating. And I think that is a situation that goalie, where dude, a you're talking goalie the, made poo. You're talking. Himself. No, this is the Jets. You're talking the, Vez, the reigning Vesna champ. He's got a little bit of confidence in himself right now. I would also say on the five on three, there is a chance that the Oilers do not execute two jets fly the box and they are wide open behind them. doesn't happen often, but it is possible. It is possible. 
three in overtime and it's a two on O the other way. I will. Yeah. But like, if this is the Oilers we're talking about, if, if we've got Tyson Berry manning the point up top on a five on three, there's a very real possibility that two guys could get behind him going the other way. Our five on three power play percentage for this year is 25%. Cool. And since what we'll say, what do you, give me a time range that you want to hear from the Oilers. Since Connor's been around. Since Connor's been around. So what? 2014, 15, no, 15, 16, it's 15, 16. Get stats. Our power play percentage on five on three is 18%. Oh, that it was is bad horrendous. It was, it was bad back then, but you can, that's not, <laughs> the, that's not, that's 33 opportunities. And What's they have Connor's six shoot? goals. What's Connor's shootout? I don't even well, know. That, but see, that's different. It's not a. I don't think it's a. You don't. You can't look at it like a shootout. Yeah, but he's twenty five percent on penalty shots. Penalty shot. Yeah, but I still take that. I take his single ability over the team's power play ability on the five on three. Not a chance. I I would bet on Connor every day of the week. Exactly. You can't. But now you. Like, but now you can bet on Connor and. Leon. <laughs> yeah, but the puck isn't always on Connor's stick for the power play. Exactly. When it's not on his stick, it just was just on Leon's and now is against the uh now it's in the onion bag. That's a goal. Statistics don't lie. I would love your statistics are, don't even Ask tell Connor. any truth. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Connor, I, I guarantee you they would I guarantee you every one of those players would say, Give me the five on three. No, Tyler, not for a minute. You it can't be for a Zoom minute. Call and ask Connor. Could you imagine? Okay, call him up. End of game league. one of the round, first Bring round of the playoffs. Connor, you have an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, all right, game seven in the Stanley Cup Finals. Picture this, uh, Connor. A genie shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyler uh, Ramchuk will never be asking a question again. <laughs> I want to know. Imagine the look on their face. I want to know your, uh, your thoughts. If you're yeah. listening to this, hit us up. Hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead, Tyler. How great would it be to see the look on Drysidle's face change when they when the guy goes, uh, next question, Tyler Uremchuk, TSN twelve sixty, and I go, Hey Leon, so let's start this thing here, Magic Genie, all right? And just see how he kind of goes like this is gonna it be go, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it would go one way or the other. He's either gonna be really pissed or really laughing. <laughs> you're gonna get that you're gonna get that that look anyways, regardless. Or he of does that like the decides. head like you know, when he's fucking just, yeah. like, rubbing the eyes kind of thing. I don't know uh, what you want me to say here, Tyler. <laughs> classic. It'd be good. I want to know. I want to know what you think, fair listener. Do you take the one minute five on three? Or do you um, take the right answer with the penalty shot? Yeah. I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> Dude, that ice is going to be chopped up too. That, uh... <laughs> well, that makes moving it around on the power play a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? Not when it's Connor and Leon passing. I just, I just can't believe you two doubt Connor McDavid that much. That's I don't. That's shocking I, to me. I don't, but you... Dude, when was the Power Rangers strongest when all five of them are together? It's <laughs> one thing, aren't they? Uh, yes. Megazord. Yes. If we can't bring everything back to Megazord, then I don't even know what we're doing with our lives anymore. <laughs> this uh, is what okay. one week of hockey, of no hockey does to us. We just turn into... So the reason I came up with this question is because I was interviewing a junior hockey goaltender and I asked him, I said, what would you rather face in overtime? A five on three or a penalty shot? And he said, give me the, give me the penalty shot every day of the week. He said, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather one, stop one shot but than see, five. I don't, exactly. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's a fair question to then to flip it on the other side. If you were asking me, would I rather have Mike Smith in the net for a penalty shot or a power play? I would take the penalty shot every time. 
because again, it's a 50, 50 shot and he's not having to face multiple opportunities, but for the offense, I don't want to doubt Connor McDavid. He's the greatest player ever. You're not doubting him though. You're you're giving yeah, you're giving him you're giving him sixty seconds to set up the ultimate opportunity with non-Connor McDavid's goal. on his power play. Yeah, Leon's pretty good. He Dang only has to count on himself on a power okay. shot. He's an all right player, but what if the what if the one player is just stuck to Leon like glue? That doesn't and happen. Asking, it's five on three. You're asking Darnell Norris score to score his, the goal. How many, sure. He's got thirteen goals. Is there no problem? Have your have your couple shots. Leon can score with his feet below the goal line. Connor McDavid on a breakaway. There's not, every a, there's time. not an acceptable. There's not a, an angle on there that that the goalie doesn't have to worry about. Think of the glory of Connor McDavid scoring that goal to win the Stanley Cup. So you, know, you just want the, the glory. I want the team to. Selling. I want it to be about the oh. team. As he, yeah, but he just, does a flyby the opposing bench, fucking <laughs> cheering for the boys. Tells the referees to check upstairs for some reason. I can see. It. <laughs> I can see it. I love it. Connor, I believe in you. Dan and I believe in you. Rick good hypothetical. Him. Good hypothetical, though, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you're wrong, but good hypothetical. Okay, wait. What if the genie said the Oilers had to face either a five-on-three or a penalty shot? But if you choose penalty shot, Connor McDavid goes WWE heel turn, and he takes the shot for the other team on Mike Smith. Then I'm taking the power play. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't want Connor facing me Mike Smith. That's the, It's the element there, right? Like, if we're talking about... 2014 when Connor McDavid wasn't on this team it's a different conversation you you go with the power play probably logically well, the, every time no you had the, the best Matt player Hendricks. on the team you had, one-on-one. The Hen- you had the Matt Hendricks paralyzer there you go shoot out every time <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah, on. yeah the paralyzer is deadly which Come bottom on. six forward would you choose to take the penalty shot if you Eitan had on Haas and he takes a clapper from the fucking hash mark <laughs> arch I don't know. Uh, that's okay. a, yeah, that's a good question. Which Cassian bottom six forward? Cassian would be good. He's got mitts. Arch. Ennis. Tyler Ennis would be good. Okay. I'm not giving, I'm not giving Turris that uh, he hasn't earned it. This okay, is a gotta, hypothetical you, podcast. You've got to pick a defenseman now to take your overtime face uh Your overtime, <laughs> your overtime face off at center ice. Which was Adam Larson. We take Adam Larson <laughs> every time. But uh, who? which D-man are you taking for this hypothetical penalty shot? Nurse. Girl? Yeah, I go. I, I, go. I think Probably, I would yeah. go. I think I might go like Bear just to Why? be different. Just okay. to be different. No, I, I honestly different. like. I honestly, I wonder, like, I wonder if Barry would be better just because his his default is not a power, a slap shot. He's a wrister guy. Okay. He might have better hands, softer hands than around to go, you know, left. Tyler loves these hypothetical questions. I fucking love him. He's such Um, a big fan. You guys remember. What else the genie got to say? You guys remember (laughs) when Linus Omar would do the shootout, but he would start like back at his own goal line and like skate at it. The only scenario I pick McDavid to do the penalty shot over the power play is if he promises to do that and he skates full speed from the, his own net, right? Straight line, right at the puck, and then just flips Why it not? past him. That'd be it's sweet. like a power play breakout with nobody on the ice. He'd you can't keep up to blister. him. You can't keep up to that him. Would be like, that would be a moment that would play out in NHL history forever. Like that would highlight would just yeah. be... You know, like you got the slow-mo of him skating behind Mike Smith's net. And then, and then he blitzes out around the boards, comes around and just cruising at 50, 51 the, kilometers the, an hour. The Brad Marchant and leave the bucket center, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Good good pod here we're having. Good episode. This is good stuff. We've got to figure out what we're going to talk about. That's why Sean gave us a five-star review last week. 
Uh, Sean says, okay, boys, if you can get Eric to pitch, I would love to come out and try also. Could we set up something to go to charity for a pay for pitch and bet if anyone makes contact? Thanks. <laughs> Keep up the great podcast. So that is a review and also a request to be in on our batter's box conversation. There's got to be a charity angle there for sure. Of course. Just get them down to get them down to the Edmonton ballpark. And, and if you get plunked, you get uh, free tickets to a, to a river Hawks game. I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of what my approach would be. Okay. Here's it. I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you, Tyler. <laughs> we are in the batter's box mm-hmm. and you Together. have four opportunities, four swings. Mm-hmm. You get to pick either a curveball mm-hmm. or a fastball. And it'll be the same pitch all four times. Which of those pitches do you believe you have the best chance at hitting? Fastball on the outside corner of the plate. It scares me the least because it's as far away from hitting me as possible. (laughs) Um, And honestly, I'm not good enough to tell the difference between like a 92 mile an hour fastball and an 80 mile an hour curveball. They'd be equally as frightening to me. So give me the one that I know is going to be flat and straight, put it outside so I'm not scared about getting hit and let me poke and try to just bloop one into right field. That's, that's definitely, that's definitely the right answer there, man. And you know, it's coming at like a straight line, this curveball thing that you can throw it 15 <laughs> times and fifth, 14 times before it, it can do the exact same route and come real close to me. And on 15, I'm probably still dropping in the batter's box, trying to avoid it. So just throw it in a straight line. I can watch the first one go by and I can try my best to try and keep up with the next three. <laughs> I'm not hitting any of them. So yeah, I'm not hitting anything either. I just, you know what? I'm going to take the curveball just because I want to see it. I want to see. I want to. Oh, scared. don't get me wrong. I want to see that. But if I have to, if I've got four swings to hit one, just give me the fastball, please. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously the fastball. Just pray, close your eyes, and swing, and hope you. But hit dude, something. there's fastballs. There's like a two seam that can like start breaking away from you too. Like it's yeah. what the baseball can do is absolutely. It, it's it's weird. It's it's funky. Getting out there would be unbelievable. Tyler, um, have you ever watched on TikTok the uh, like the people that they show different grips on different pitches for oh, baseball? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that shit. Dan, which one are you? Are you taking the curve? Are you going to hit that sliding curve? I'm taking the curve because then you can lean your body into it and just take, you know, give one for the team, you know, take the Chris Russell approach, get your body in front of it. And the curveball isn't going to be as hard as a fastball. So yeah, curveball all it's the way. It's still going to be so fucking hard. Oh, though. absolutely. That thing <laughs> moves. Feel good. It's It'd not going to feel good, but I'm a hero because I got a base. <laughs> Well, that would increase your on-base percentage. Tyler, what did, uh, what did Eric say again when you asked about this? We asked what it would be like to get hit by a pitch, and Eric Sabrowski, he said, to be honest, it fucking hurts. Even if that ball glances off a shoulder and elbow, it stings like crazy. Dude, and- that's got to be the worst, though, when you get off like the, the, the bony areas and shit like that. Like I want, if you're going to throw it, you're going to hit me, hit me in the upper quad, please. Maybe in the fucking left at, or I guess be the right yeah. ass cheek. Like let's go for a meaty area, please. I don't got a lot anyways, but let's try and pick the meatiest of areas, please. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm taking those it. off, taking those off like a bone. No. That'll like yeah. The elbow be, or something. No, you'll be sending me away in, a, in an ambulance. Yeah. Please hit me in the cheek, the butt cheek. <laughs> that is, I don't want any part of this conversation. Okay. <laughs> Uh, back to the Oilers, I suppose. You know, this is an Oilers podcast after all. Uh, if they play some to... games, we'll, we'll talk about them. Yeah, fuck. Well, let's talk about tomorrow's game in Winnipeg. 
Uh, obviously, the Oilers haven't played in a week. Um, different this time, though, the COVID break this time around because they were actually at home this time. So they could you know, be at home, which would be much nicer than being in a hotel. What are you guys expecting from tomorrow's now 5 o'clock start against the Jets? Last time we saw the Oilers come back out of a break, they looked tired, exhausted. Like they, like you said, they weren't at home. They were out on the road. They had to sleep in hotels. They were away from their families. They've had some good practice time during this break. They're sleeping in their own beds. I think that's huge. And I think this is a team that, you know, was starting to sputter a little bit. And I'm really, really hoping they come out of that real strong, like shot out of a cannon against Winnipeg. And I wouldn't be surprised the least bit if we see that. Dan, what are you thinking? Well, yeah, Tyler said it, and it's not, necessarily just the last time it's the trend that we've been noticing the start of this season the coming to the bubble hockey the you know and then including the the last one against the Habs I I think that this team just needs to show some you know the consistent effort and and give that give that you know that feeling where you're not feeling like they're lost in the call in the sauce against the the Canadians that game so yeah I I just want to feel confident after that first period that we are in the game against the jets, if not leading the jets and uh, going forward into the rest of the game, it's going to be a good, good feeling. Rick week off. What, what do you expect? I, I am a little worried uh, as much I as am. you really want to see them. And you know, Oh, this is going to be one of those games where they come out, you know, they're rested and blah, 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 whatever, uh, whatever you want to put behind and go for it. But we've seen this before. They don't really do that. They, if they are going to come out, they're going to come out and play a strong team game where, you know, they play a real tight game and you're not going to see, it's not going to be very flashy. They're going to try and come out and win, you know, three, one, four, two, keep it, keep the mistakes to a minimum. I do think they sometimes get worried about losing and we'd like to see them try and win. Right. There's, I think there's a, there's a huge difference in playing to win and playing to not lose. So I think there is some times where they, uh, they do come out to playing to not lose, but I do agree. They do look a little bit flat in the last little bit, but this, it, that's the way a season goes. So I'm really hoping after this, um, after the deadline's over, everything's said and done. There is no more excuses. There's nothing else to worry about. There's only one thing to focus on right now. We've had a week off. We've got some, you know, two of the best players in the world. You know what they're going to come out and do. I really hope the rest of the team comes out confident and playing the same type of game. Um, I just wouldn't put any money on it. I do think we'll win. I just don't know exactly which version is going to come out. It's going to be interesting also because I uh, mentioned it earlier in the podcast, Ryan Nugent Hopkins won't play tomorrow. So that makes playing Connor and Leon seem unlikely though. <laughs> Dave Tippett did do it against Ottawa. Uh, Tyler looking at kind of where they're at with Nuge out. You think those two are together or apart? Um, I've changed my tune on this a little bit. Like there was a part of me that earlier when Nuge was out, I was like, nah, like, keep McDavid and Drysaddle together and just go supernova, see what can happen, right? Maybe you get lucky a few times with some bottom six goals. But now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I heard Ryan Rashog actually say this, so credit to him. That's your backup plan, in my opinion. I think if you go into a game with McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line and it's not going well, what do you do when you're down two going into the third period? Like, there's, there's no, like, break glass in case of emergency. So what I'm doing right now especially considering where they are, where, yeah, the two points would be nice, but it's not a must-win situation or anything like that against Winnipeg tomorrow night. I'm trying to get other guys on this team going. I'm playing as many guys with McDavid and Drysaddle as possible. I got Cassian on the left side for a bit. Sure, I got Ennis, Cahoon rotating with Drysaddle. I'm doing everything, trying to get this lineup going. And then if we're down 2-1 heading into the third, I put the duo back together and say, okay, it's time to win the game. But right now, I think you need to try to get this full group going. And to do that, you need 97 and 29 split up. 
And they've been talking uh, to Cassian. I mean, you've, you've seen it. Everyone's putting the, uh, putting the heat on Cassian right now. So I think this is going to be his first opportunity to step up and they're going to put him with Connor. And I think you'll have a Connor Cass, um, Pooley RB line and then roll with, um, most likely Cahoon, Leon and Yamo. It's going to be interesting. We'll get to some keys to the game here, but first I want to shout out our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. They've got all the insurance products that you need. Check them out at cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca. Just to wrap up tomorrow's preview, keys to the victory. I think for me, I'll, I'll avoid my blue line one because it's the same thing I say every time. Respect the blue lines. Quick start. Get everybody involved and stay out of the box. You can't be killing penalties in your first game back in a week and take McDavid and Dreisaitl off the ice. I know, I know Leon kills a little bit, but you need those guys going. You need them to play as much as they can. Stay out of the box. Get a quick start. Rick, what are you thinking? Keys to victory over the Jets. I said it before. I think they have to just come out and play to win. I think you have to, you have to manufacture some confidence if you don't have it. But you need to come out and play to win. You can't be playing to uh, to not lose. I think that's when we really get caught up and start looking really bad. So they need to find the confidence. And they need to come out and play to win. Come out with the as the aggressor and take control of that game. If not, it can slip away real fast. Dan, keys to victory. Well, in your same thread, bag milk, I'm not going to say what I always say, which is the first period effort. Uh, I'll say you need to both limit shots on our goalie and get more shots on their goalie. Win the Corsi. This team continues to kind of, I don't know, pick, try and pick those, those perfect shots. And it, it seems to be their detriment when they're shooting the puck a lot and they're hitting the goalie with a lot of rubber. That's when good things happen. So for me, shoot the puck a lot and restrict the amount of shots that you take against. And honestly, creating more offense, you're going to do that as well. So yeah, that's my key. I really, I really agree with Dan. And I just wish the others would shoot more. Quality shots, quality shots. Shooting from outside the perimeter ain't going to do shit. Well, it depends, right? Because if if you got some traffic in front, you can throw the puck towards the net and maybe create a little bit of chaos with a rebound. But I I agree, quality shots preferably. But I think that there's times when some, if there's people that are just fucking chucking at the net. Make your own luck. Yep. Tyler, wrap us up. Keys to victory. Yeah, I really like the idea of getting to Connor Hellebuck early in this one because Oilers-Jets is the likely playoff matchup in round one. And you look at Connor Hellebuck, Vesna winning guy, his numbers this year, he's got a 248 goals against average and a 920 save percentage. When he plays the Edmonton Oilers, he has an 891 save percentage and a 379 goals against average. The Oilers have had his number to an extent this season. Get to him early, and I want all the doubts in his mind heading into the playoffs. I want him to look back at every game he's played against the Oilers and gone, fuck, McDavid and Drysaddle torched me. And I want him to leave that game on Saturday going, God damn, I'm going to have to find a way to stop these guys in a best of seven series. I want Connor Hellebuck as unconfident as possible. I don't even know if unconfident's a fucking word, but I'm saying it. It is now. I want him as unconfident as possible heading into that playoff series, and that starts with the game on Saturday. Get to Connor Hellebuck early. That's your key to the game. I'd love to see Loren Brassard. Laurent? I'd love to see a goalie hook tomorrow. I'd love it. Tyler, get your buttons ready. Let's wrap up the podcast with the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. Head on over to deucevodka.com forward slash find us. There's a handy little store locator there. Handsome picture of Brett Kissel up on the top of the screen. What else do you need when you're looking for some 
tasty cocktails for the weekend. Get yourself some Deuce Vodka. Again, that is DeuceVodka.com. For all of you that are of legal drinking age, please enjoy responsibly, Dan. Thank yes. As we do every week, we start with our cold performers of the week. I'm going to start with Rick. He's first up on my screen. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. I don't know if this is one specific person, but it is one, I guess, large event. And that is that uh, we will not be getting any Riverhawks baseball this year. Um, it sounds like their league uh, is not playing this year. And whatever uh, the ultimate reason is, we will not have any baseball to go down to Sean uh, Ducey Park and watch. And well, Close. that's kind of up, that's kind of upsetting. So um, uh, I don't know who to put that on, but uh, whoever it is, that's the cold performer of the week. Dan, you're next up on my screen. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Well, the uh, the City of Edmonton Fire Rescue Services just put out a call to this week, and I'm going to echo that as well. Uh, 77 rescues this year so far, trying to get people off of the ice or dogs off the ice or a combination there within. People just need to stay off the darn North Saskatchewan River right now. Uh, it's pretty darn dangerous. And if your dog doesn't listen to you like my dog doesn't sometimes – don't have him off or hear him or her off leash in those uh, in those close to the river parks. Please be safe. Stay away from the river. Keep our fire and rescue services having from having to go out and rescue people and just let them deal with those fires. So stay off the river. That's my cold performer of the week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Frank is always on leash, Dan, because I don't trust that he'd come back to me if I let him off. Same thing with Penn. Can't do it. He might come back. But he might find a squirrel, and when that squirrel that. is way more entertaining than I am. Yeah, same thing with Penn. If he Tyler, sees a leaf, Penn will be gone. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. My Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. People ripping on JT Miller and the Vancouver Canucks, telling them to suck it up, and you're a professional athlete. I had someone who said, what do they need practice time for? They've been practicing for this since they were eight years old. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, Half their roster, how many people was had COVID. They've had like one practice after three weeks off. For the Oilers fans bitching about this, if the shoe was on the other foot and the Oilers were being told to play a game after they had three weeks of being quarantined and not be able to be on the ice, you'd be livid. Have some compassion. People hating on the Canucks. You are my cold performer of the week. Y'all stink. Uh, cold performer of the week for me, just, I mean, you listened to the podcast so far. There's no games this week blows sucks it sucks that covid has put us all in a situation where you can get fired up for a game day and it just does not happen i mean understandably safety first all that but it still sucks so i'm going to say covid for the last year reigning cold performer of the week we have been hoodwinked bamboozled led astray run amok and flat out deceived Flipping to the positive side as we end off the podcast here, Mr. Yeremchuk, I'm starting with you. Your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. My Hot Performer of the Week is that it's golf season. I went out twice this week, did a couple quick nine. The weather was good. There is nothing better than standing short sleeves in the middle of a golf course and taking a nice sip of your go-to beverage, Gino. It is beautiful. Golf season, my absolute favorite time of the year. I am so happy you are back and you are my hot performer of the week. I like this right here. Also, it's mid-April and it is fucking beautiful outside. 
I'm assuming we are going to get hit with three feet of snow at some point just to punish us for enjoying this. But I agree with you, Tyler. I pulled out my clubs. I want to hit the range. Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot form of the week. Well, I was going to go and give it to the uh, the weather and uh, you know how it brings up everybody's spirits and whatnot, but you guys kind of stole it. So I'll go a little more personal here. And this is uh, all about this world is all about who you know and not what you know. And well, last year at the end of the year, I had my Jeep broken into, so I lost my golf clubs. Uh, however, this year, I was able to talk to somebody who knew somebody, and now I'll be getting some brand new tailor-mades at cost. So uh, I'll be getting back on the on the golf course to join everybody else here right away, and uh, for a lot less than I expected. So uh, I don't know exactly how to uh, put that down, but the, that whole situation from point A to point B to point C, that's the hot performer this week. Nation Dan, your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. My Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week goes out to a gentleman who is a proud father of four wonderful kids. He is a LGBTQIA2S plus ally, and he is our anthem singer. Rob Clark has had a tough week this week. Uh, not much need more needed to be say, said, but uh, for a guy that I think all of us, you know, are very, very glad to have around this organization, around this city, um, and, you know, count as a friend of, of everybody here. Uh, Rob Clark, you're my hot performer of the week. Stay safe, buddy, and we're all thinking of you. Absolutely. Uh, just to wrap it up, <laughs> uh, my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is Doge Cohen. If you know, you know. That's it. That's it. <laughs> all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Uh, Cash money. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood for the Giants, Skip the Dishes.ca, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka for making this all possible. And for my friends for being here and spending an hour of their time with me. And for you, fair listener. Welcoming, welcome, and to you, fair listener, for welcoming us into your ear holes. Thank you, thank you for being here. Go Oilers! Big game tomorrow against the Jets. Hit us up with your answers to the hypotheticals. I want to know. Eight PM start or five PM start? I want to know. On three. Five on three. <laughs> five shot. on three or penalty shot? Hit us up. On Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's episode one thirty three. Thanks for being here. Shout out, Damien. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365 day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.